0: Good to have them here in our services this morning. Young lady playing the piano, graduated from Pensacola Christian College and is going off to work at a hospital. And uh, they live in the Virginia area by Washington, D.C. Actually, Brother um, Bishop's dad is a pastor in that area also. So you just keep them in your prayers. As they travel back. You're staying until when? Tuesday morning. All right. So you make sure you pray for them. Let's turn our Bibles to um, Exodus chapter 20. It's good to have the. Um, Barnett's back with us after their excursion. This is not, is this off? That's it. If it's off, it will not work. All right, we're going to talk to about back to the basics. Let's go ahead and stand. We're just going to read the one, there's actually three verses we're going to read. We're going to read Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, but we're also going to read one and two to see where it starts. This is, of course, the Ten Commandments. And it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, it says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Now, he lists the first four, verses 3 through 11, and there's more written about those than the last six. But as we get to these last six, the fifth one is found in verse number 12. And it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Let's pray. Bobby, could you pray for us? Amen. You may be seated as we study this. For sake of review, we're going to go over the first four in just a second. But the first four deal with our relationship with God in His day. The last six deal with people and possessions. Remember the man that was asked in the New Testament if he had followed all the, all the um, commandments. He said he had. And the ones that he listed were the ones we're going to go over now. He did not say anything about the ones about God because you, he couldn't prove that and he probably didn't follow them. He said he followed all the other ones, which are very difficult to do. As you go on the last six, the the one we just talked about is honoring your father and mother. Then it says, thou shalt not kill, commit adultery, steal, bear false witness, and covet. And those are some difficult things to do. And you'll hear as we get closer to the last one, I think the last one's the easiest one to hide. Can you covet something without anybody knowing it? Absolutely you can. But the person that knows about it is you and God knows you. So we've got to understand that God knows what we are and who we are. So, we're talking about these, and as we break them down, the first commandment, when they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, what did he say? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. This is the first four with all of those. The next one he says, He says, Love the Lord thy God with, um, I don't know what happened to that, um, with uh, love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself is the last four. So, let's review with the first four. Remember the first one is no other gods before me. Is that hard to do? Really, we do it all the time, don't we? We put something in front of God all the time. And it's a little g as you look at that. The second one is this. It says, no graven images. Now, we probably don't make a graven image, but we put idols up in front of Him, right? Now, you had some homework about two weeks ago, do not take the Lord's name in vain. And it wasn't you saying the Lord's name in vain. It was how many times you hear it every week. Anybody hear it more than 10 times? I know I did. You just turn a TV on, and now even on the advertisements you hear it. And so we, we, we flippantly say the Lord's name in vain, and He doesn't want us to do it. It's the third one on there. He really put it up on the top with that because He wants His name to be revered. And so the fourth one we talked about this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so now we're getting in to the fifth commandment. As we get into the fifth commandment, it talks about Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, and it talks about people and possessions. God wants us to give us, give, him, give us our whole heart to Him, but He also wants us to have the right relationship with people and the right aspects with possessions. How many of you have something that you truly love? Okay, how many of you, I'm going to look at Larry Hilton for just a second, but how many of you have a boat you really love? Amen. All right. Um, I had a preacher friend of mine say that he named his boat what? Visitation so that when he went out, people would say he's out on visitation, but he was actually on his boat, okay? Um, so um, we have things that we like, and there's, you just got to have the right perspective of what these, what these things are, the people and the possessions. So on the fifth commandment, it says this, and let's read. just follow along as I read it. It says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that the days may be long upon the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, why would he do this? Why would he talk about honoring your mother and father? Everybody knows you should do that, right? You should honor your mother and father. But what do you get when you honor your mother and father? It says in this, the first thing you get is life. Do you remember when you disobeyed your parents when you were younger? How was your relationship with them at that point? Do you, did you try to evade them? Have you ever done anything wrong? How many of you were always the Miss Goody Two-Shoes or Mr. Goody Two-Shoes in your family? You never did anything wrong. Okay, there's a few of you in here and that's fine. But I was not one of those. Okay, I was the one that would get in trouble, I would break things, I would do things. Um, there, were, there were things growing up that I would, I would think my mom's arms were not as long as they were. And I thought I was out of her way and she could reach back and grab me. And she was a short little lady. And and I thought, my word, her arms just extended six inches too far. Because I was trying to stay out of her reach because I had done something wrong. But when you do what's right and you honor your mother and your father, it gives you life. Not only does it give you life, look at the next one, it gives you longevity. Look what the Bible says in this. Go back to that verse, and it says, and we'll, we'll look at this a little bit deeper, a little bit in a second. It says, but that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, you say, well, I know people that were young, that they loved their parents, they honored their parents, and yet they died at an early age. That's God's plan for their life. But if you are living, you know what? You can live with a great life, and you can have longevity if you honor your mother and father. And so, we've got to understand that. But with that, who gives us everything? question to ask is, who gives us everything? And the answer is what? God. He gives you everything. Look what it says. It says He gives you. It says He gives you your life. Everything, every ability that you have, when Regina goes over and plays the piano, if God didn't give her that ability, and she has a great ability to it, she can play by ear. I don't understand that. Um, I can get up there and hit one note at a time, but not put five or six notes together and play by ear. But that's an ability that God gave her. He's given us that life. He's given you the ability to work where you work. He's given the ability to to live the way you do. He's given that to you. Not only has he given you life, but look at the next one. He's not only given you life, but he's given you your family. Now, when I say this, everybody in their family has someone that I'm going to about to say. Do you have someone in your family, and don't blurt their name out, especially if they're in this room, that is somewhat of an embarrassment. Maybe a little crazy. And if you don't have one, I've got some I can lend you, okay? (laughs) But we all have those people in our lives that are not all there, right? But that's what makes your family your family. My my, um, wife has an uncle, now, he went into the military, and when he got, got out, there were some issues with him. I did not know this. All I knew about him was when he was out of the, out of, out of the military, and, and he was older, and I remember playing croquet with him, and I thought, I can beat him. And I did not know this, but when he was in high school, he was the star of the basketball team, star of the football team, but looking at him, you'd think, there's no way he was athletic. And I remember going out there and playing croquet. How many of you like to play croquet? I play full contact croquet, and I don't play to lose. I'll hit the ball as far as I can to get the guy out of there. And I was playing with him, and it was starting about 5 o'clock. And I thought, I'm going to beat him, and then he'll, he'll leave me alone. And we started playing, and he beat me. And I said, okay, let's play again. And it was in Florida. It was hot. We played again. We played again. We played again. We played again. I could not beat him. And he's sitting there making fun of me as we're going. It got to where I wanted to know if we could get headlights on my croquet ball so we could keep playing. They finally said, you need to come back in. It's too dark to play croquet. I said, I can find my ball. We're still playing. And he just kept beating me and beating me and beating me. And he would just make fun of me as we go. We all have those people in our family. But why, did, why, does, why does God give you your family? Because it makes you who you are. I have a mentally retarded uncle. He had whooping cough and pneumonia and six foot six tall. Um, Growing up, he was just a part of the family. He's got a communication level of about a third grader. But you know what I saw with that man? I saw a father that loved his brother even though sometimes he was embarrassing. We would get to the things where he would mimic everything that you would do. And we would, we would, I would see that he was mimicking me, so I'd start doing funny things. And one time I took a hymnal, and I, and I hit the back of the hymnal with the back of the pew and flipped it up, caught it, and stuck it back in the rack. And he thought, I'm going to do the same thing. Boom, he chucks it up in the air, hits the ceiling, he tries to grab it, doesn't grab it, does some other things, finally grabs it. Everybody's looking at us. But I remember my dad looking at me and saying, don't do things that will embarrass him. I was a teenager, and I thought it was pretty funny to do that. But then I I would see how my dad would take care of him. We would take him everywhere. Took him on a motorcycle ride. Took him on a train ride. We tried to get him on an airplane. He wouldn't get on the airplane. Took him on a boat ride. We would do all these things for him. And I saw a father love his brother when no one else would. And that's what family's all about. But when you read these verses, go back to this verse in verse number 12 because I want to talk to you about something, because I don't know if you've even thought about this, but in this verse, there's something that you've got to understand. How many of you have ever heard this statement? Let's talk about the elephant in the room. How many of you have ever heard that? You know what that means. There's something obvious that you need to talk about when you look at this verse, and I don't know if you've even thought this through. How do you honor your mother and father? Hmm. Is there a conflict with this? There might be, but what does God talk to us about when he talks about honoring? I want to talk to you about some conflict. You say, where are you going to get get a conflict out of honoring your father and mother? Maybe you've been blessed and both your parents are are saved. Maybe they're not. How do you honor them? Hmm. Well, let's talk about conflicts in the Bible. Is there a conflict? I don't think there is. I want you to look at two verses. Go to Proverbs, and I want you to look at these, because these are the ones where everybody says there's there's a conflict. Go to Proverbs chapter 26, and I want you to see this. In Proverbs chapter 26, there are two verses that are right beside each other, and here's what they say. The first one says this, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. What is this telling you to do? When a fool talks to you, you don't want to be related to acting like him. Do you see that? But let's look at the next verse. The next verse says what? Everybody knows it. It says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Well, those seem like they conflict each other, but they don't. Do they conflict each other? No, they don't. One is telling you, you just need to discern when you should speak and when you shouldn't speak. And that's like in every aspect of your life, correct? You should speak, What's it saying? You should speak if the guy is saying things that are in, is inaccurate. You shouldn't speak unless, unless there's a bunch of people and you don't want to be thrown in his side of it. We've got to know when to speak, when not to speak, speak, but that doesn't conflict each other. These two verses actually help each other. So there's no conflict. So let's look at some of these conflicts that might be with this. Does the Bible conflict with itself in these verses when it says, honor your mother and father? What about this? Um, unsaved parents. What about backslidden parents? How do you honor them? You ever thought that through? The Bible says you need to honor your father and mother. What about this? Deceased parents. I have my father's alive. He's 85 years old. My mother passed away 13 years ago. Does this verse still pertain to her? Absolutely it does. Now to make it a little bit different, you might think that this is the same thing, but look at the next word. What about an unsaved parent? There are people that will have one parent that's saved and one parent that's unsaved. How do you honor both of them? They both have two different opinions. But you've got to get back to understanding what honoring means. What about this? Not only unsaved parents, but uh, one backslidden parent. What do you do with that backslidden parent? When they say you shouldn't do this, and the Bible says you should do it, how are you going to honor them? And what about this? The last one, a deceased parent. I've got a father that I can talk to. I've got a mother that I can't. Well, what do you, how do you deal with this? The Bible says that we're supposed to honor our parents, honor our mother and our father. You know, when you've, if you've worked in ministry long enough, you will come across this happening all the time. I have had teenager after teenager that I've worked with that one parent says you can't do this. And one parent. I've never told the teenagers to go against what their parents say. Now, there's been many times that I've asked the teenagers to pray for their parents and to be a witness to them, and that's how you honor your parents. We had one particular girl that I always use as an example with this. When she came in, she was, she was riding our buses, when, and she came in, and she looked pretty rough. In fact, you could tell that she lived in a very rough area. I didn't know how rough her area was until I went over to her house, and we brought food to them, and we, when we opened the door to bring food in, there was another guy with me. Her and her mom pulled us in, shut the door, and there were like six locks on the door. She was afraid of somebody trying to get in. Gave her her food, and, and then we prayed with her, and she said, you need to get out of here before it gets too late. Her mom never came to our church service. To make matters worse, her, her real name and I think I've mentioned it in here a little bit, but her real name, first name, was Rebel. R E B E L. I said that can't—that's got to be a nickname. She said, "No, that's my legal name." She said, um, "I can't stand my my middle name. It's Ann." I said, "Well, that's my wife's name. So praise the Lord for that." But and, and then she went through it and she told me her last name, and I remember going through it and she had nothing, nothing. She ended up going and doing some homeschooling classes with our church church, and she got out and she graduated. I'll never forget her graduation. Her mom to that, that day on our graduation service never came to the church service. Her mom was very supportive of us, but then she went off to Bible college, graduated from Crown College. She's down in Florida, goes to church, married, has two kids and they all go to church. Well, you say, how do you get her to honor her mother and her father had died in prison How do you get her to honor them? Because that's a hard verse for her. She would say, well, well, my mom says I should do this or do that. I said, you need to listen to your mom, but you need to also pray that she'll let you come to these activities. She went to everything that we had. And I saw her life change. You would not, if I took a picture of her, put it up here when she started our church and when she went off to Bible college, didn't even look like the same person. But you know, even through all the battling that she had at her life in her, in her school that she went to, she could still honor her mother and father. Even though her father had died in prison, she, she could still honor her father. She could still, we just had Father's Day and Mother's Day. And she could still honor them with a the life. How do you get this? You've got to understand there's two words that are in the Bible that are not the same. And the, verse that the, the word that they use in this, this passage when it comes to Exodus chapter 20 is the exact word it needs to be. Because if you look at this, there are two different things. We, we get this confused with another word. Honoring or obeying. When, you're, when you have a child, they have to obey their parents. But eventually, sometime down the line, you know what they're going to do? They're going to graduate out of obedience to honoring. And how do they do that? Well, we're going to look at that in just a second. There's two verses that Paul writes, and <clears throat> it says this, it says, there's no children in here today, but if there were, they might say, good, I don't have to obey my, my mom, because you just said honoring is more important. No, you graduate in that, you still need to obey. You need to eat your vegetables. There's some things that I do that even in my life now, Brother Brown, as I, as I do them, I think, my mom probably wouldn't like me to do that. If if I want to, when we go out to eat or we eat today, I can eat my dessert first, amen? Because I'm a big boy. But you know, I can almost hear my mom in my ear going, you should eat your vegetables first. Is there anything that you hear that your parents would tell you to do? You need to do it this way. But here it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is, what's the last word? Right. The next verse that, that, that the same writer, Paul, writes, he says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, "...children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord." So it's right and it's well-pleasing. You need to obey. But the problem is, it's not the word honor, it's obedience. We've got to look at what the word honor means. Honor comes from a Hebrew word. It's kabad, kabad. They can say it either diff- different direction. But the word kabad in the Hebrew language can mean good or bad, depending on what it is. It's it's translated more on the good sense of honoring. Look at the definitions of this. Numerous, rich, to glorify, to be great, and to be honorable. That's what the, the word means. On the bad side, it can be translated like this, to be burdensome, to be severe, grievously afflicted, and chargeable. The same word, and we do the same thing, We use the word love like that, don't we? I can say I love something sarcastically and mean I hate it. How do you like the language of the teenagers now? They'll say things and you go, I don't know if they like it or they don't like it with what they say. That is crazy. When I was growing up, crazy meant crazy. Or that is good, or that's hot, or that's cold. or You know, they say these words, you go, what in the world are you trying to say? Speak English to me. You know, and as we look at this, the, word Hebrew, the Hebrew word for honor is numerous, rich, to glorify, to be great, and to be honorable in this tense that he's talking about. So let's look at this, and I want to show you how you can do this. How do you honor your parents? There's a story in the Bible, and we'll be done. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, we're going to go through this pretty quick tonight. We're going to go into Luke chapter 16 even more and same story. But I want to point out some things. Tonight, we're going to go, there's, you know, there's nine things in this story that are in hell that need to be in church. You say, what in the world? Just come back tonight. That's my little teaser for you to get, come back tonight, and I'll kind of show you some things that are found in this scripture. But we're going to read this whole story. I want you to follow along with me, and then we're going to key in on two verses. There was a, in verse number 19, it says, there was a rich man <coughs> who, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dog came and and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up, this is talking about the rich man, he lifted up his eyes being in torments and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am in torment in this flame. You know what's interesting about this story is when he was on the earth, I, I can't even comprehend this. Have you ever been to some place where you've ate and someone's sitting at the end of the table and what you've dropped on your, on your table, you, you sweep? Can you imagine how good someone must have thought they were to do that? I can't even imagine doing that. Is there anybody in this room that say, I could do it? No, what most of us would do in this room, hey, why don't you sit up with us and have a portion of mine? But this rich man, he didn't think that way. He wouldn't even let the guy eat at his own table, but yet when he's in hell, he says, listen, can you go get him, dip his finger in the water and put it on my tongue to soothe the, the torment that I'm in? He went from feeding men underneath the table to saying, hey, touch my water and I'll lick it off the tip of your tongue, off the tip of your finger. That's pretty pretty change of, of scenery, isn't it? Then it says this: it says in verse number twenty-five. But Abraham said, "Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thou the good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is con- confronted, com- comforted. I'm sorry, and thou art tormented." Verse number twenty-six. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they would which would pass from hence to you cannot; neither can they pass to us that could come from thence. Now, verse number 27, I want you to look at 27 and 28, and then we'll be done. 27 says this, Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham said it unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. He said, listen, if you just have someone come from back here that's seen it, they'll understand it. Send it to them. Now watch his response. Jesus' response is this. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You know what? That's exactly what people do to this day. They know who Christ is, know that he was on this earth. They want to say he was a great man, but he was God and he died. He was a sinless person. He died on a cross, rose again, and he lives for you and he lives for me. And they don't want to accept that right now. He is pro- prophesying what's going to happen with these people. I know people that would never, ever accept that Christ as their personal Savior because they think they've got everything controlled. Now, let's get back to this honoring thing. Did you see what he asked them to do? Let's go back to those three people. You might have someone that's an unsaved parent, or someone that's backslidden, or someone that's deceased. How can you honor them? Well, this verse tells you how to honor them. Here's a man tormented in hell, and here's what he says. Someone go back and tell my brothers. Do you realize what he's saying there? He's saying even in the torment torment that he went through, that he says that you can tell people, you need to have someone go and tell people what this is all about. Even in, in the lake of fire, there are people that are thinking, hey, I should have had this, Brother Bishop, I should have done this, I should have done that. I remember when the preacher said this, I remember when the preacher said that. And everybody always says, oh, I've got enough time. So how do you honor your mother and father? You honor your mother and father by living a godly life. One day, Lee, I'm going I'm to see my mom. And she's going to look me right in the eye. And I want her to actually say to me, I, I thought you did a great job down there. I, I know you honored me with your life. Well, you say, well, if I were to take a survey in here, how many of you would say, and don't raise your hand, but how many of you would say, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't have a saved, saved parent. Maybe I had one that was saved and one that wasn't. How do I honor them? Well, this guy tells you how to honor him. Even from the pit of hell, he's saying, send someone, go back to talk to these people so that they can see it. We've got to be righteous people. That's just it in a nutshell. We've got to do what God wants us to do because people are counting on us. And the example that that Jesus says to him says, listen, if they won't listen to Moses, they're not going to listen to someone that's rose from the dead. What do we know about Lazarus, the other Lazarus in the Bible? What's he known for? He was raised from the dead, was he not? Do we know whatever happened to him after that? That'd be an experience you'd want to tell people, right? The Bible says nothing about him after he, after he gets risen from, the, risen from the grave. We have children there was children. There was, there was a lady that, that actually was brought back to life. You don't hear anything written about them. So you know how I honor my mother and father, Phyllis, by living the life that God wants me to live. And you know how I also honor my mother and father? By obeying the other, other nine commandments in there. And don't kid yourself, there's more commandments than just the ten commandments in the Bible. There are numerous commandments. God tells us how to live, how to act, what to say, where to go, what, what, what not to say, where not to go, what not to do. But we've got to get back to understanding that God wants us in the ten commandments, somewhere in there, the fifth one, He says, Honor your father and mother. It's not about your mother and father with this. It's about the life that you're living. Because this man that was tormented in hell, he said, listen, go back and tell my brothers. It's very important to me that they know. That they know. That they, so they don't have to have this torment that I have. And to this day, that man is still there. You say, well, this is a parable. Look at the beginning of this. Look at the beginning of this story. I don't read this a parable. Let's see how it starts. There was a certain rich man. And what do they do? You don't even know this man's name. He was just a rich man. And then you know what? You know the guy that went to heaven. His name was what? Lazarus. He gave a distinct name of who this was. So I feel like this was a true story, that Jesus was telling you the story, and he probably lived it out. And here he says at the very end, he says, listen, go help my brothers. So how do you do this? How do you honor your mother and father? It's very simple. You follow what the Bible says. You say, well, this has nothing to do with your mother and father. It absolutely does. It has to do with people around you so that you can honor your mother and father. So when you see them next, which I know I'm going to see my mother again, And when I see her, I can say I've done everything I possibly could. When I see my my Christ, I can tell him I've done everything I possibly could. I've tried to obey the fifth command, which which is honoring my mother and father, by living a godly, separated life where people can see Christ in me. And that's what these verses are talking about. God wants us to live a, a separated life. He wants us to have no other gods before us. He wants us to do what? have no graven images. He wants us not to take His name in vain. He also wants me to remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. He wants me to honor my mother and father by living right. He wants me not to steal, not to kill, not to commit adultery. He wants me to not lie. And He also wants me not to um, have coveting in my life. And if I do all these things, and they are hard. It is hard not to have something between me and God. You know why? Because there's a creature out there called Satan and he puts things in your way. Have you ever wanted to come to church and you're about ready to come to church you get sick or something breaks? How many you have ever been there? I've been there before. I was like, I just have to handle it after church. Sometimes I'll say to my wife, I don't want to go to church today. She says, you have to, you're the pastor. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes there's things that get in your way, get in your way, get in your way. And I can guarantee you this, Satan knows what you need to hear and what you don't need to hear. And maybe he's trying to get you where you don't hear what God wants you to hear. Satan never plays fair. I am a mama's boy. The youngest of four. I have a sister that is, how old is she? She'll be 70 this year. I have a brother that's 67. I have a sister that's that's 55, and I'm the baby of the family. You've met my brother. You've met my sister. I was my mother's favorite. And you know what I want to do? I want to honor my mother and father. I want God to look at me and say, you've done everything you possibly can. I'm not going to be perfect. There are times when I was growing up that I let my mom and dad down. How many of you have been there? But you know what? I wanted that relationship, Brother Moser, I wanted that relationship restored. And that's how I do this with my mother and father. By honoring my mother and father, I am doing what God wants me to do. Daniel's mom was here and and he was gonna come into work on I think Thursday or Friday, Friday. And I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just spend the time with your mother. Don't come in, it's fine, we'll be fine, go spend time with your mother. And then when I walked away, I said one thing to him. I said, if I could spend the day with my mother, I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. So don't ever underestimate when God gives us these Ten Commandments, what they mean. If you're mom and dad, how many of you have no no parents alive? You can still honor them. You graduated from obedience to honoring. You can still honor them. You can still love them with your whole heart and live the life that you need to live for God. It's not always going to be easy. You're going to make mistakes along the way. But keep trying and keep trying and keep trying to honor them. Because one day I'm going to sit down with Joan Wagner. And I've got some questions to ask her. And she's probably got questions to ask me. But I want to look at her and say, I did everything I possibly could to serve my Savior by honoring you. And that's the most important thing you can do in your life today with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to take a survey in here really quick. How many of you in here, with no one looking around, have a deceased parent? Raise your hand. How many of you have both your parents passed away? Okay, put your hands down. How many of you have a parent that was a Christian but probably wasn't living the right life? Would you raise your hand? I've had one like that. How many of you have a parent that was unsaved, that m- might still be unsaved? Raise your hand. Some across the auditorium. You can still honor them. He gives us the fifth commandment to honor my, mo- my mother and my father. You can still honor them, whether they're saved, backslidden, or if, if they passed away. It's not an option. This honoring life is obedience to what God has for us. Obedience to what God has for us. Follow his will and you will honor your mother and your father. And then when you honor them and you think of that word that your days that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. What a great blessing it is to honoring your mother and father. Lord, I thank you for the mom and dad that you gave me. Sometimes in our family there there were some arguments and sometimes there were problems that we had to deal with. But at this age that I am now, I truly want to honor my mother and father. I would obey them in the things that I feel are right in my eyes when it comes to your scripture. But I've graduated from obedience to, to honoring. And Lord, I want to honor them by living a godly life, by being in church, by reading my Bible, by praying, by witnessing to people, by being like you. May I truly understand what the honoring is all about. And I'll give you all the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, with heads bowed and eyes closed, could you stand for us? There are people that I pray for. Well, I pray for everybody in the church, but there are specific prayer requests that I have One of them is this, that everybody in this room would accept Christ as our personal Savior. I don't know if everybody in here is like that. We've seen Charlie come forward and get saved, and what a miraculous change. He was a good kid before that. Now He's a great kid, loves the Lord, giving his summer over for the Lord. There's no reason why you should walk out of this auditorium and not know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, you'd spend eternity in heaven. And we say, well, I've got a lot of time to live. I was reading on Fox News this week of the family of six people got in a car wreck and every one of them passed away except one. Four kids from the ages of 13 to 20. Happened in America. Your life can change overnight. You're not guaranteed. That rich man, he had everything he could possibly have but he wasn't guaranteed the time that he would have. And once you get there, you can't get out. You need to get it settled today if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. And secondly, if you are a Christian in this room, are you honoring? Do you love your mom and dad? Do you love Christ and I to live the right life that you need to live? What's getting between you and God? Lord, I thank you for these people. May we have a time in our life where we just look back and go, Lord, I want to honor my mother and father by the way that I live. By what I do, what I say, what I wear, where I go. May I look at your scriptures and get it and understand that you have things for me to do and things that I shouldn't do. But one day we're going to stand before those parents. I'm going to see my mom up in heaven. Eventually my Father. And I'm thankful that I have a godly heritage. I have parents that are saved. But if I didn't have parents that were saved, I could still honor them by the way that I live, by pointing people to you. Lord, I thank you for what you're about to do in our lives. Thank you for the the time we've had together. But may we apply this to our life, the fifth commandment, honoring our mother and father. If there's people in here that just need to come to this old-fashioned altar and just pray, pray and get some things settled where they'll just live a godly life so their parents would be honored with what they're doing, and God, would, you would be honored with what we're doing. May we truly see that, may we see different things in our lives for this message that was spoken about the fifth commandment. Lord, thank you for what you're about to do, in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, Lee's going to start singing. Invitation is open.